Hello, hello, this is Tracy Harrell, and welcome to Bigger Than Me. Each week, we focus on how to achieve your definition of success and happiness. On Bigger Than Me, we bring together a combination of ageless wisdom, the latest research, and engaging interviews with amazing people who are sharing their stories to help each of us achieve our full potential. Your journey to transformation begins right now. Let's do this. Oh my goodness, I am so excited today. (laughs) I think I say that every show, but I really am excited. I'm excited every show, but today, today is exceptional. So we are talking today to authors of a new book, that will be published on August 28th called Ignite Happiness. And I'm happy to say I'm one of those authors. Yay! (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk today about really how do you use this concept of happiness? How can you transform anything that's happening in your life? How can you still create joy, your own personal bliss? And so we're going to have each of the ladies introduce themselves. And I'm going to start with the newest member of this happiness conversation because we've had a conversation before. I think I had you guys on two weeks ago and it was so much fun. And the newest uh, addition to this conversation is Miss Sarah. So Sarah, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us where you're located. And the question that I asked the other ladies previously was, what makes you happy? Hi, Tracy. Well, it's great to be here. Um, so my name is Sarah. I'm actually in New Zealand right now. Um, I'm from the UK, though. Um, very happy to be here in New Zealand, I have to say. So what makes me happy? I think it's a whole combination of things, but I am also a mother of two young children um, who are six and seven years old. And I think as a mother, it's very much, you know, like, hiding with my children um I've noticed that they can give me happiness and we can bounce off each other and I have noticed that also looking at life like a child more so seeing them grow seeing them run about and laugh and that has impacted me um, to realize that I need to be more childlike I need to live in the present I need to see the joy in everything around me um and so that is uh, a lot of what makes me happy I love that. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Um, We're going to have the next person will be Miss Stacy Yates Seller. Can you tell us, reintroduce yourself and tell us what brings you joy? All right. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here, as always. Uh, My name is Stacy Yates Seller, and I am coming to you from San Francisco, California. And goodness sakes, what brings me joy? So many things. Um, Definitely my kids. Uh, I think right today, what I'm super excited about and what brings me joy is I'm creating um, a course. I've done so much studying over the last 30 years about kids and personal development. And I just love, love, love sharing that information to help other parents. And so the conversations like this with like-minded people, sharing it with people that are interested and want to grow and be better, like all of that just super jazzes me. I love it. I love it. You're amazing. This is going to be a really awesome conversation. I also see my namesake, Miss Tracy Stone. 
Tracy, where are you located? Who are you? Reintroduce yourself and what brings you joy? Hello, lovely Tracy and all of the other ladies and everybody listening in. I'm Tracy Stone. I'm coming to you today from beautiful Ireland, lush green Ireland, um, here with family, here with my mother, my sister, um, missing the rest of my family that's currently in England where I live. Uh, but what's bringing me joy at the moment is that I am here to be able to make some good change happen. Uh, my father's not very well, and I've been able to make some great changes happen right here to help with his care. And that's bringing me huge joy at the moment. Um, what I do is I work as an advanced level hypnotherapist and rapid transformational therapist. So I'm all about making change happen. Mm, I love that. I love that. We're going to go deep today. We're going to go even deeper than we did last uh, last time you all were here, because it's really going to be about transforming, giving people tangible, actionable ways to transform, to really ignite happiness. I'm excited. And one of the people that makes me super happy is Dr. Jerry Bertart. Dr. Jerry Bertart, you've been with me since the very first Bigger Than Me, the idea even came to mind. Yes. You and I were together. Thank you. How excited are you that book number one is launching and and you were when you read it, you were part of the journey all along the way. <laughs> I am fantastic. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited, Tracy, to uh, know that it's it's coming to fruition. That's really, really exciting. And um, I'm here in um, Orlando, Florida, and we've just had uh, a bit of a um, a uh, hurricane, but we didn't, we weren't affected, but it's so sunny and bright right now. And it's really a, a great day today. Um, the thing that um, makes me happy, what the first thing I, I have to truly give all of the praise and honor to God at this senior level in my life, I've, I can reflect on so many things. And I listen to you beautiful young ladies talk about your journey. And, and it really helps me to um, just be appreciative, just so appreciative of what it is that God has done. And I've got beautiful grandchildren and that those are things that makes me happy. God has given me a gift and I too am a psychotherapist. And I promise you, I really, I know it may sound like that's not necessarily true, but I promise you, I really do. I really love the gift that God has given me. I love being a therapist. It's what I've wanted to do. I think it's my calling. It's a part of my ministry. It's It sort of speaks volumes to me and my family. Um, I love the fact that there is so many things that at this stage in my life, I can recognize that God's word is so very, very true. Um, I mean, there are a number of authors out there who've written some fantastic books, but for me, um, I see that thread that leads me back to God's word. And that mm. truly is my happiness. That brings me great joy because God's word is true. What can I say? I love, love, love that. Wow. I love it. Uh, what was really interesting is the last, during the last time, the first time we had you all on the show and we were introducing this concept of ignite happiness and i was so grateful those are amazing amazing productions and we didn't plan a thing we just had a conversation and it was so powerful so i'm going to ask you guys with just you, you know a two-minute recap from each of you we talked about how you were able to some of your darkest moments and how you were able to transition tara we didn't give you a chance to answer that so we'll let you you go first basically 
the the idea of actually let, let me let the other two ladies go first so they can show you how deep they went i'm not sure if you had a chance to watch the show and then you can come in after that so miss um uh tracy you shocked me the most i think because i hadn't heard this story from you and you you really had a whole list of a litany of things that occurred in your life that were horrific so we're happy people now, we're happy people in general, but you talked about the practice of happiness. So can you tell people when bad things happen and give us an example of something that happened to you, what they can do to transition, to transform? So Tracy, that was me. I thought you were saying Stacy to that one. Um, yes. So what can people do to transform? The first and most important thing is to always realize choice is involved here. You always have a choice in everything. And even when the times are really tough, it's really important to be able to step back from that heated moment and find what is your choice. And very often in the most deepest, darkest recesses of a situation, you get to identify, I have a choice at the very least about what I believe about myself in this moment. And what I believe about myself is so fundamental in the process of how I feel, uh, what I believe about my place in the world, about what I'm capable of doing, about how I can get myself out of this difficult situation. So if I can remind myself that my words become my programming and the words I use are, are absolutely at the core of everything that happens to me. And that the three-step process of how I get to my feelings comes into play here, Tracy. And that's that first step is that my words are my programming. It leads to the second step, which is fundamentally forming my beliefs and my actions. The words are what program that in. I believe it then and... I follow up with actions and that leads to the third step, which is my feelings. It establishes how I feel about something and the words that I use in those difficult moments are the words that will get me to the feelings that match the words. So if the words I'm using are negative words, if they're words that are telling me how I can't cope or what little choice is available to me, that is what I will believe. It's what I will do. And it's also what I will feel. Whereas if the words I use in those very, very difficult times are words that say, hang on a minute, what is available to me? What can I do here? I'm a good person. Um, I'm capable of doing good things. I'm able to step away from this situation. I can choose whatever words I want to say in that moment. And when I use those words with conviction, the other steps follow on naturally. Those words do become my programming and that programming establishes the things that I believe and the things that I do. And then the, the feelings follow so naturally. So mm. any dark moment we're going through, if we remember that those three steps always exist, regardless as to whether we know about them or not, I think I may have mentioned before that it's almost like you can believe in gravity or you cannot believe in gravity. And whether you believe in it or not is irrelevant. It still exists. Absolutely. Right? And I love the that. same for these three steps. They still exist. Whether we care to acknowledge them or not, my words create my programming step one, leading then to step two, 
establishing my beliefs and establishing my habits of action. And that leads mm -hmm. automatically to step three, my feelings. So it's all down to the words I choose to program in. I love that. I saw every head nodding as you were talking. Sarah, I introduced this topic. I'm not sure if you've heard it before, but we call it the Amen Corner in mm -hmm. Baptist churches. I'm from the South. So when everybody's like, mm-hmm, that's like an Amen Corner. So every head was nodding as she as she talked about, you know, this concept of, you know, really using your words to create your reality, deciding making choices. I mean, these are some repetitive themes, which I really like to, um, I, I like to, to, to focus on whenever, whenever there's an opportunity to do so and highlight what's so important, these, these fundamental truths. Thank you for that, Tracy. Miss Stacy, same question. Uh, clarify, again, when there are dark times, you had some dark issues, what's the worst you've ever felt and how did you get, how did you transform your life? How did you move from feeling like you wanted to end things, which I think Tracy Stone said she had a similar situation wanting to end her life. And you said you had a similar situation where you wanted to end your life. And and, and, and now you're writing books about happiness. Tell us how. Yeah, uh, lots of people get into that place where they just want out. They don't want to feel those feelings. We're uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. And we aren't really taught how to get comfortable with being comfortable, uh, uncomfortable because our parents weren't and their parents weren't. And, but in those generations, they really just kind of swept it under the carpet. Um, and I think that we've gotten more intense. Uh, life has become more intense. So yeah, I've definitely had dark times. I've um, was a very, very unhappy child and teen and, uh, sought my happiness through external things with money or cars or men or something outside of me. Um, I had the horrible breakup where I was on the floor and the ugly cry, you know, the, the whole, you know, we've, we've all had these, these hard times. I think that the one one lesson I really like to highlight is to build your boat before you get in the storm. You know, oh. I really think that a lot of people just wing it. I mean, cause again, our parents didn't know and their parents didn't know. So I, I feel like I was very lucky to have a dad that was in personal development and so I, I knew a little bit about it, but as I started really getting into it in my twenties, um, I had a lot of the skills to get through the more challenging times. And the more I learn, then the higher my baseline of happiness is. It doesn't mean that I don't dip below it, but I'm not below it for very long. And I can come back and, you know, it takes me more to, to get below that baseline. I definitely don't sit in it as long as I used to. I mean, we're all going to feel human emotions, but I think building your boat before you get in the storm with the tools and building your baseline and knowing um, just there's there's so much, there's so much in our heads, you know, so many thoughts, so many beliefs and really getting to those, you know, don't wait until you have a tragic moment or until something horrible happens or you have a really big scare. Like there's a way to change your life before you get into those moments. So Tracy, I mean, Stacy, repeat that, that the concept of preparing. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about that just a little bit more. Can you say, repeat what you just said again around preparing, how important it is 
for people to be prepared and really not necessarily repeat what you said, but let's expand on what you said, mm -hmm. repeat it and then bridge that gap between knowing a thing. How do you do that thing? Now this show is yeah. about bridging that gap between knowing and doing. So I love what you said. Dig a little deeper. Give give us a little yeah. bit more detail about what that means. So it's Preparing. the tools. It's the tools. It's you know if you spend, I mean a really simple one is how you spend your time, right? How you spend your time is how you're going to prepare yourself for challenging oh. times. If you spend your time reading gossip magazines, watching reality TV, um, and not doing anything to do any self reflection or build your confidence. Um, it's really just wasting time. It's really just, yes, I understand everybody needs downtime. That's what they say. I need to turn my brain off. But there's a lot of ways you can turn your brain off. Uh, most importantly, meditation. Try that before you start watching a reality show. You I know, I mean, these are the things. There's so many tools. It would take us three days to just go into them. But that's what the book is about. But, I mean, it's RTT therapy. It's psychotherapy. It's you know, meditation, it's reading books, it's turning off the news. I mean, I can give you a hundred right I now, but it. all of them, you may think that those little things don't really matter, but success is just the accumulation of a lot of really good small decisions. They're never any huge, big decision there. And even the big decisions are just, you know, um, because of a bunch of little decisions and so every little thing you do in your day matters it matters did you read, did you read my other book already because <laughs> i have my 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 solo project book is called loving the journey living the dream and we absolutely the third of my three primary transformational principles is around celebrating each each right action so mm -hmm. to your point it's little things that allow you to get to those big those big accomplishments i love that Thank you, Stacy. Mm -hmm. Dr. Jerry Bertart. Oh, Same okay. question for you. Can you tell us, you know, when you think about being the, the trials and tribulations that many people are experiencing right now, you're mm -hmm. a psychotherapist, you're probably dealing with people who are freaking out about either the pandemic, losing their jobs, whatever it may be. What advice do you give when it comes to transforming in the moment? And I know you've talked about some dark times personally, yeah. What did you do during your darkest times to transform? Well, uh, initially, I think one of the first things that you do have to do is to recognize the reality, whatever that is right then, and think about what you're thinking about. I love what it is that both Tracy and Stacy have said in terms of being reflective. We really, really have to do um, those things. At um, a, a critical uh, time in my life, when I lost my son, it was very difficult to, to believe that that was real, but it was a reality, right? And then to get in touch with where I was and where I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to be um, able to just say, okay, I can handle this, but that's not true. When you were in the moment, and, and uh, Stacey, you were on point, build your boat before the storm. It's, <laughs> um, recognize that you cannot build the boat in a crisis. So if you don't have a, a solid place to go, then you can find yourself floating or, or just disintegrating or whatever. So I think that one of the things that um, it's imperative that we do is to recognize first and foremost, what, what does a crisis look like for you? Well, prior to that, what is, a, what is a resolve? What is your yonder's place? I mean, I'm from the South and I like that term. 
but it's it's about finding a place where you believe that there is peace. I mean, uh, uh, Tracy, you were talking about um, articulating or being clear about what you're thinking, but then your belief system too. So we've got to recognize that there is something, there is truly something that we believe in, whether it's outside of ourselves or or just ourselves. And I believe in something outside of uh, a greater a greater power than I. So I, I tend to render, uh, surrender to that. But, but going through that, Tracy, you said, how do we, we transform? How do we go from uh, thinking about it to doing it? One of the things is, what is it that you believe? Where are the values already? There are some tools that have already been very beneficial for you that are survival tools. What do those tools look like? Do you go, do you choose to go back and look at those tools? Because in the, in the crisis, as I said before, you can't just uh, uh, decide that you're going to uh, become overcome this crisis if you don't already have something that you believe in. There's an emotional connection to anything that's repetitive, positive or negative. There is that emotional connection. So if you've got a solid um, uh, survival tool that you know is right there, that, that that's tried and true, go there first. With my clients, one of the oh. things, particularly during these times, I want to bring them down, bring them down, because more often than not, anxiety levels are very high. So we try to get back to a place where there is some kind of calmness. And if they're calm in that moment, then we tend to look around. You can see things a little bit clearer when you're calm, you know, rather than when you're uh, excitable or excited. So then with that, it's like, okay, how, how much of this are you thinking about, Stacey, just as you said? How much value do you place in that thing? How many, how many times have you gone there? What message are you sending to yourself? Be mindful of self-talk. And, and our self-talk um, can be very negative, more often than not, at which contributes to our belief system. They sort of kind of work together. So we want to look at those things that we can change. And it takes courage. And we have to talk to ourselves about the courage that we already have. It's a gift that has been given to us. Now, we can choose to use it or not. But if we choose to use that, 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 that courage and we choose to be courageous, then we can find ourselves coming to a place where all of the other kinds of things around us that's well beyond our control, they are not as scary. They're not as big because it's like eating an elephant. How do you do it? One bite at a time. So that's you, just right. find, you make a decision that I can do this much. And to your point, uh, Tracy Harrell, you celebrate it. Yes, I did it right on. Woo! I did do it. <laughs> so with doing that, then that gives you the, the impetus as it were to go to the next step. And then yes. the next step. And, and, and uh, Stacy, when you said you drop a little bit, but you now know that, hey, I can drop, but I can get back up there. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it today. That wasn't th three years, five years, 12 years ago. I've done it today. And it's those. I love that. And the, the last little piece that I want to say right now, recognize that our opinion of us is as critical as anyone else's. We are inclined, I think, as human beings to look at other people and see how they make assessments about us. And then we try to either live up to them or, or you know, deny mm. them or whatever. What, what are you thinking about you? Who are you? You're God's child. What is it that you, that you choose to do about that? That's pretty significant if you ask me. Um, but the wow. point here is what do you choose to do with it? It is about choice, Trace. And I really appreciate your saying that too. So there oh, that's that's awesome. Wow. I mean, you ladies are so you, you're amazing. You're wonderful. You're awesome. Miss Sarah, how are you liking us so far? 
Wow, there is so much incredible wisdom that I'm hearing from right? uh, these ladies here. And we know you're amazing. So I'm going to ask you very simply the same question. So give us an idea. I mean, what, what happened last, the last time the ladies was on, I think it was two weeks ago. Um, you know, they told a little story. So I'm going to ask you to do the same. So we're in this Ignite Happiness book. So people might think, well, they're just happy people, right? They've probably always been happy. They probably had nothing bad that happened in their lives. Can you give us an example of what's the worst thing that has happened to you and how did you transition, transform your life? What did you do to move from not so happy or maybe whatever the worst thing was to being happy, to, 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 to practicing the happiness skills that you currently leverage? Right. Well, I think the thing that sticks out in my mind, this is not necessarily the worst point, but it's more recent. So it, it's sharp in my mind. And I think one of the things that stands out is that sometimes it's only in looking back that you can join up the dots and see how much progress and how you have transformed your life. Um, with my two young children, my husband used to be away quite a lot with work. And my first child was the easiest, breeziest child. And so I thought all children were like this. And and then I had my second, who would do 10 tantrums a day, be screaming on the floor. And my husband was away a lot. And I remember getting to a point where I didn't know what to do. You know, I, I didn't know what to do next. I realized that I couldn't control my younger child, who was probably three or four at the time. I tried every technique that I had to hand. And it was wearing me down. You know, and then all these knock on effects of being tired, being frustrated and thinking like, why is this child doing this to me? Why is she driving me crazy? And then having a husband that's working very hard and all these knock on effects, like why isn't he giving me much attention? And looking back, I can realize that it was all about me. You know, I was thinking, why are they doing this to me? I had this victim mentality instead of realizing that I had a choice and I'm not quite sure how or when, but I started getting into self-development. I started reading books and one by one, I started learning about our power to control our mind, our power to reframe how we see the world. And bit by bit, I started learning more about myself, about how I could change things. I started talking to my daughters, even though they were young and saying, okay, how are we going to deal with this? What can we do moving forward? What would you like as a mother? And even though they were super young, they took this on board and they said, mommy, we don't like it when you shout. I said, okay, well, I don't like it when you shout. How about we have an agreement where I won't shout at you and you won't shout at me. And they went, okay, you know, and we started doing all these little things. And also then with my husband, you know, I thought, you know what? Okay. Maybe he's not giving me the attention I want. So what can I do to make myself feel better about me? And through lots of watching experts who'd been there, who had all this knowledge and then taking that knowledge and trying to apply it in my own life, I realized bit by bit, and the most incredible thing started to happen, that as I got happy in myself, as I started fulfilling my bucket up and not worrying about other people as much, this like, I think like a happiness bubble started spreading. And the people around me, my husband, my children, I noticed they were getting easier to deal with. They were happier. They were then doing the things that 
I wanted, but instead of me being the victim, I was now being empowered to make positive steps and changes. And to me, it's often about those little steps and stacking. And I think looking back now, you know, it started off by me maybe watching an amazing YouTube video and then reading some books by experts. And then I was like, you know what? I, I quite like doing yoga, I exercise, breathing. And then I was meditating. And so now I do all these little things that looking back seem like I've, I've climbed a mountain but at the time it was just taking one day at a time learning one new technique and then applying it and then seeing I think what's been so rewarding is seeing that these changes do impact the people around you you know and to me moving out of that victim mentality and realizing that that like I've heard today that we all have a choice we can choose how we react in any circumstance. And often we can totally change the circumstance. You know, when other people do get angry, you have that power to actually calm them down and bring the situation down. And it's been a, an amazing journey for me to learn all about myself and how I can positively impact other people. Sarah, you just, you just launched the next phase of our conversation because it really is about the power of happiness and i heard you say that when you know when you read the different stories in the ignite happiness book we all have uh stacy tell us a little bit more about the book and kind of the format because i think we all we all have these action steps right um and just give people an overview i kind of skipped that part but we should probably highlight the amazing book that we're in yeah, really quickly, Ignite Happiness is a compilation book, just like Chicken Soup for the Soul, which a lot of people are familiar with. So there are 35 different authors that uh, have a chapter and they tell their story through happiness. Um, usually it comes from a really difficult time, so just be prepared. Um, but it's very, very relatable. And what's really great is readers can see themselves in so many of the stories and what the best part of these books is, is that there's action steps. It's not just, oh, here's a nice story. Here's how they got out of it. Um, but it's really, look, these are the five things that you could do today um, or 35 things or 135 things if you add them all up that you can do today that will impact you. And Sarah really, really hit on it that you think, oh, a gratitude jar. That's just a little thing. I'm not even going to bother. But those things they add up and it is the consistency it's the intention which i like to talk a lot about is the intention of what you're doing and i say don't wake up 10 years from now going gosh how did i get here wake up 10 years from now saying i know exactly how i got here because i was intentional i knew where i was headed i knew how i was going to get there and i did it Mm, I see every head nodding. Dr. Tart, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> Intention. It's key to everything. Consistency. Come on now. Yes, uh, indeed. Tart, absolutely. What are your thoughts? I, I just want uh, uh, Stacy. that was so on point. It was absolutely beautiful. And being deliberate, you know, all of those words kind of flow in together. You know, we're taking deliberate steps. We are intentional. We are dedicated. That's another one. What's the connectedness? 
to your world, to your life, to your journey. And, and those of you who may have heard me say some, say this before, I love, love vision boards because I, I, I love visual aids. So I, I can make uh, assessments and we can make assessments by visual aids and determine if that's, how does it make you feel? Pay attention, pay attention. And that's another thing. Can you pay attention to where you want to go? Mm. And finding that sense of happiness. What is it that makes you happy? Give yourself permission, another beautiful word, beautiful, beautiful. Give yourselves permission to believe that you can shift, you can shift your paradigm. It's all right, you can. It's okay to be able today, this uh, a beautiful whatever, a beautiful cloud can really make me happy because that may be really, really sad. Rain makes me happy too. So you guys out there in Seattle, I just love Seattle. But at any rate, that, that, makes, that makes me happy. For somebody, it may not make them happy because they may have had a terrible experience in rain. Now I'm not talking about hurricanes, so let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> But what I am trying to say is that as it relates to that sense of intentional, being deliberate, and, I, and most of you may know uh, Dwayne Dyer, and he wrote this book about the power of intention. And you know what? Those steps really make a difference. They absolutely make a difference. And going back to that sense of empowerment, so many people, uh, Sarah, don't believe that they are empowered. They believe that they have to accept whatever it is that someone else has said to them or whatever it is that someone else's legacy has been. We are given permission by God to set, to, to make, uh, to create a legacy. We are here for a purpose. So it's not about willy nilly, come on. We have to live our lives and make a conscious decision about what it is that we want to leave to those behind us and they can accept it or not, but we have done what we were called to do. So being deliberate and going, and even with the little people, I have grandchildren now, and it is so cool, Sarah, when you just say you can just get uh, eye level. I saw my daughter-in-law do that once and it just, oh, it just made my heart flutter. Just getting eye level and talking to them like they are the human being that they are mm -hmm. designed to be. And it makes such a difference. It really, really does. And moreover, it helps us to understand when our children and or grandchildren may be struggling with emotional issues, mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? If we are, if we are in tune to where they are coming from and what it is that they're saying or not saying and how they believe that they're supposed to behave because they feel as if they have no other voice, it does give us a window into their little psyche there. So that's one of those things too that we can do. I, I love that. I love that. You know, the reason I actually did this little setup outside, I did it for a couple of reasons. Stacy and Tracy, Dr. Tart, you guys remember I'm sitting here and we had a number of hummingbirds sightings actually. You know, I have my big beautiful uh, lilies right next to me. Uh, and what I wanted to, to share today, so I kind of, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little show and tell, so bear with me real quick. So what I did is I actually, I'm set out outside in my garden and it's gorgeous. So I'm just going to kind of pan away from me for a couple of reasons, right? So the garden is lovely. I'm going to pan back. Okay, I'm kind of just turning my tripod, so I'm sure it looks a little weird. I actually intentionally brought hummingbird feeders and things closer to me because I'm like, oh, wouldn't that be great? So I kind of reset up a space, but I also did something special. You talked about being intentional. This happens to be a real plant. All of the ones that I just showed you for 75% of the space, they're all real. But I love plants enough that I don't have only real plants. So let me keep turning, Shella. Okay. As I pan this way, I don't know if you can see that, but there's like this, I'm gonna bring it closer. Like this plant right here, not mm -hmm. real. Can you oh, see mm -hmm. all the pink flowers? Okay. Not real. But because hummingbirds 
love them. That plant that I got from a thrift store for $12.99, it's a tall tree with big pink flowers. It sits next to my sliding glass door every day, several times a day. Whenever hummingbirds are out, guess what? They come to that plant. That's me being intentional. Yes, it's those lilies that were um, here last week. They're all down. <laughs> they're all gone. So I had I, I I grow them and I get a, a a brief amount of time with them and I love them up. I name them. I, I have the best time with my babies. They're my babies. But when they're not blooming, I bring fake flowers. Also, I got no problem with this. These are fake from the dollar store. So this is me being intentional. These yeah. are real, right? But I'm so I'm okay. Not only okay, I'm intentional about my joy. When I look out the window and I see hummingbirds coming to a fake plant, nothing thrills me more. Let me excite you one one bit more. Not only do I not know the difference, not only does my serotonin level not get elevated whenever I see flowers. But let me just show you, this is a fake fern. Let me see if I can get this in here. A yeah. bird actually produced a nest in a <laughs> fake fern two inches from my sliding glass door this spring. Excuse me, it laid four eggs. It hatched the eggs. I have videotape. It's going to be in my book. It's about igniting happiness. I call them bigger than me, bigger than me moments in nature. Mm -hmm. A bird, the net, you can't really see it that well, but I have lots of pictures, tons of video in a fake fern that's in a fake. Do you understand? $12.99 for that one too. Mm -hmm. And I cried tears of joy mm -hmm. the day that I saw those fledglings. You understand mm -hmm. that? That's what brings me joy. Nature, bigger than me moments in nature. That is what brings me joy. So I got to watch for weeks. I fed them. They were my babies. The whole thing happened. I was like part of the National Geographic. I had video cameras set up watching the whole thing. That's what brings me joy. So ladies, I'm a little wacky. I get that. But that's me being intentional about my joy. And I heard you all talk about being intentional. You all talked about being deliberate. There were very consistent things. So we are almost out of time. We got 13 minutes. So I'm going to ask you what wacky, intentional, what more intentional wacky things would you guys recommend that people do? And let me just say, if they're in a not so happy space, we're talking about transforming your life, transforming the moment. Let me be clear, because it is about the moment. So what recommendations would you share to help people ignite happiness, to transform that moment? And I'm going to start with you, Ms. Dr. Tart. I'm going to kind of circle back through. What okay. recommendations would you have to ignite happiness in the moment? Okay, igniting happiness in the moment. If we can see that moment as being total, right? And we this is this is our moment. We can do whatever we want in that moment. And it may not be that we are physically able to do it, but do we believe it enough to, to raise our level of serotonin? But do we believe it enough to act on it? For instance, if you want to sing and you say, I can't carry a tune in a bucket, can you turn on the, 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 the YouTube or whatever and find your favorite song and just sing along and give it all that you've got in the moment? I love it. You don't I have love to it. sit there and believe whatever the negative has been. So, and you guys hear what she just said? Doc, I love that. Dr. Char, you're not in my book. I mean, you're in my book, but you haven't read the actual solo project. But my strategic principle number one is it's called believing it fully with joy. Yes. Believing it. So, Miss Sarah, what are your thoughts about that? What intentional in the moment you got to do it right now to transform happiness? What would you recommend for someone? 
a big part for me, I would say laughing, you know, smiling, laughing. Kids laugh so much more than adults do. And just do those things that make you laugh. Or if you're with your children, uh, give yourself permission to smile, to laugh, because that it just bounces back on you. And it really does fill up that happiness bucket for me. Mm, that is so good. I love it. I love it. Miss uh, Stacy. Same question. In the moment, action-oriented, how do you transform a not-so-great experience into something amazing? 100% gratitude. Um, I, uh, When I lived in a tiny little one-bedroom apartment, had nothing, was in debt, was uh, had a really bad injury, no family, and no husband, no kids, I just started with I'm grateful for my pillow. I'm grateful for my bed. I'm grateful for my fridge. Even though it's empty, it could possibly hold a lot of food one day. I am grateful for, you know, just, you got to start with where you're at and you got to find gratitude with where you're at right now. And that might be, I can see, I can hear, I can breathe. And that means God's not done with me yet. So keep going. I love that. Miss Tracy, same question. What would you recommend that people do in the moment to transform a not so great experience? Something radical that could change a moment in the moment. They're not thinking about it. They're doing something. What action step would you recommend? So I was going to go for permission, but lovely Sarah did the permission one. Give yourself permission. You don't need anybody else's permission, but your own. Nobody else can give you permission for anything. Only you get to do that. But what I would also say is, you know, this is the year that it is. Choose what you want your epidemic to be. Mm. We want an epidemic of happiness, an epidemic of love, of self-belief, self-esteem. Choose your own epidemic. Be infected Mm. and be infectious. For all the terrible things that are happening right now, there are just as many wonderful ones. And uh, Mr. Rogers, his mom used to always say, when something horrible is going on, look for the helpers, because there are always helpers. Mm, Did you guys hear that? Look for the help. Look for the wonderful things. How How important is it? This is for anyone and everyone. How important is it for us to look for the positive? We have nine minutes left, so I'm going to spend about five minutes on this, so one minute per person uh, on this conversation of of focusing on the positive. I think that's an action step as well. Like, what yeah. can you do? It kind of aligns with gratitude, aligns with everything we're talking about. So mm-hmm. I heard, I heard, I heard, you know, a number of, of of wonderful affirmations. How important is it to focus on what you want? I think it's very important because the that thing that we 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 feed will grow. So if we choose, we choose. We're going back to some of the things that we've said already. But I think that if we choose to believe that there is uh, two sides. Let's say there's two sides to every coin, and if we if the if we're only looking at the flip side that makes us sad or that is that tragic thing that has happened, can you do you choose to flip it over and see that positive side? And then what are you going to do about it once you've mm-hmm. seen it? What do you want to do about it? Because sometimes we don't flip it over because we are fearful. But turn it over. It's okay. Flip it over, mm-hmm. and you can do it. I love it. Read that. I love it. So the three the three elements of of my happiness equation is. Believing it fully with joy, meaning believing that you can be happy. It's about start doing it, like do it and keep it, do, keep doing it, keep it moving. And then third, achieving it in each moment along the journey. So actually celebrating along the way. So ladies, let's talk about celebrating along the way. Oh, Why, is, why is that so important? Yes. Well, I, one of the things in positive psychology that's been researched is savoring 
is a way to feel happier. And there's three ways to savor. There's savoring um, by remembering the past, what's happened. So I highly recommend go back and look at photo albums. Remind yourself that you had good times. Remind yourself that that is possible. That person is still in there. Um, and then there's savoring in the moment. Be present. Boy, you're going to hear that a lot from anybody that's going to talk about happiness is be present, be present, be present. Um, and then savoring something in the future. How many times do we are, are we so excited about a trip that's coming up or something? Usually we're more we, we're happier in the planning than we are actually on that trip. But, you know, but really savor the planning of it and, and telling people about it and enjoy um, don't think about all the things that are going to go wrong, but savor all the things that are going to go right. So that, you know, if you're savoring along the journey, you're always going to um, have a high baseline of happiness. I love it. Any other thoughts on that? Anyone? I, I, I love the idea of surrounding yourself with people who represent what it is you want. Uh, whatever it is that you surround yourself with is what you are going to be feeling. So put yourself into the element that you choose. If you are surrounding yourself with people who are negative, people who pull you down, people who maybe don't work hard, don't want to work hard, whatever it is that's negative in your life, if you are surrounding yourself or spending time in the company of that element, that's what you're going to be feeling. So when you want to feel happy, when you want to feel positive, when you want anything to move in the right direction, surround yourself with people who bring that with them. Hummingbird, 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 hummingbird. Can you guys see it? Can you see it? Do I have the camera on it? Ah! <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Had a moment. Did you see it? Was it? Was it in the shot? Okay, I'm sorry. That, that we are savoring me. that moment with you. <laughs> right? That's why. I, that's why I have these things around. I just savor the moment. And so when they're not there, we we obviously get to 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 just I videotape all kind of things. Take tons of pictures of my babies, my flowers. And then I, I do, when it's winter, I can go back and look at them, all that good stuff. Dr. Tart. Yes. Help us out with this concept psychologically of why are these principles that we're talking about, why are they so important? And, 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 and when you talk about achieving in, in each moment and celebrating along the way, we've got three minutes left. So I'm gonna give you a minute and then I'm gonna come to Tracy, I mean, Sarah and let her end, end us out. So uh, a minute on this concept of achieving in the moment or celebrating Embracing, savoring, savoring. One, one of the reasons that it's really important is because it create it helps us with creating that balance that we need. We aren't just a one dimensional being. Um, so in terms of creating balance, it's it is it is it's important for us to to savor to have a memory. Um, if I if I may just go there just for a second. Um, there are those moments that I am sad and I go back and I look at my son's picture and I remember and I go, it is awesome. It's awesome. I look at my granddaughter and I see her dad in her and that's, that's absolutely beautiful. So my point is about the balance. It's about a choice that we are making and we want that balance. We want that balance. We want to, to, to feel, we want to be alive. Oh my goodness. I know that's what we've been uh, alluding to, but we want to be alive. We want to be alive. So let's live like we want to be alive. Just give mm. it what we've got. We have permission. To your point, Trace, we have permission. I love that. I love that. Perfect. Miss Sarah, I guess we have maybe a minute and a half left. What are your final thoughts on this concept of happiness, whether it's savoring the, the, the happy things, or what would you like to leave with people around how they can ignite happiness, transform any moment? 
There are, there are so many things, you know, like the gratitude, like the being in the present totally for me as well, when our thoughts are not focused on what happened before or something that could happen in the future and appreciating. I think sometimes our lives are so full of abundance that we don't see it. And, and part of my story in the book is about when all of that was stripped away and I was focusing on, did I have a shelter? Did I have enough food? Did I have enough water? Were my children safe? And I found I was so much happier than I had been in ages, you know, that I think my life had been cluttered with too much that I hadn't been able to see just that bare happiness of appreciating what you have, the people around you, the relationships um, is so, so important. And also having that excitement in your life, letting go of that fear and really living life, saying yes to things, opening yourself up to the opportunity of really enjoying life, you know, of, of seeing all the wonder that it has to give. Uh, and to me, that is like seeing life through the eyes of the child, um, through that abundance, through that joy that is being grounded in what we have right here, right now. Mm. So I heard, I heard we, we, we're definitely wrapping up at this moment. Final like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds, second minute, or second around, being present, each person, one word, a concept of present. Why is being present so important? And how are you present? Because you're recognizing it. Yep, you're here. Just be here. Right. Yeah. Dr. Tart? Live, live. Sarah? Use your senses. Present. I love Use your, it. your senses to see here to what be. is going on right now. I love it. Tracy, final words? Taking accountability for myself. Wow. Being present, I love it. Well, this is Tracy Harrell. We got some Ignite authors and we are another hummingbird. It's right there, baby. We're living the dream. 